Welcome to the College Connection Podcast, a podcast presented by the College of Registered Nurses of Newfoundland and Labrador. This podcast is a series of regulatory-focused information and education sessions for RNs and NPs. This is the College Connection Podcast. and remote continuing education. Krista, you can take it away. Hi, thanks so much. Um, before we begin today's presentation, I just want to do a little land acknowledgement. So I'll just read it out. <clears throat> I respectfully acknowledge the territory in which we gather as the ancestral homelands of the Beothic and the island of Newfoundland as the ancestral homes of the Mi'kmaq and Beothic. I would also like to recognize the Innu of Nunatsiavut and Nunatakavut and the Innu of Nidtasamet and their ancestors as the original people of Labrador. We strive for respectful relationships with all the peoples of the province as we search for collective healing and true reconciliation and honor this beautiful land together. I graduated from Dalhousie 17 years ago. Uh, I've worked in a variety of cities, Halifax, uh, Victoria, Clarenville here in Newfoundland, and now I work in St. John's. I did a specialty in critical care nursing um, through BCIT in Victoria, and I did my master's of, of nursing through the University of Victoria. Uh, I also sometimes guest lecture down at the Center of Nursing Studies. So you can see from the lovely picture here, this is me. This is me. This is where I spent the majority of my career. Ten years of my 17 were spent in the cardiac cath lab. Um, so cardiology has been a huge part of my life. But now I've been transitioning to research and I've been here almost two and a half years and I'm loving it. So what I'm going to talk to you guys today is actually what I covered in my master's capstone. So kind of like my mini master's thesis that I did at the end of my master's program. So I'm going to talk about rural and remote nursing um, in Newfoundland. I'm going to talk about the importance of continuing education in general and then barriers to continuing education uh, here in Newfoundland, what we currently use and how we can improve or, or some ways of some new methods that we can use. So rural and remote nursing, um, we know that um, in Newfoundland, for rural and remote, we mean these really um, small communities. We're talking, um, Nain is the farthest north we have. We're talking Bayvert, um, Flowers Cove, you know, Buren, these, these areas that are, you know, about two hours or more from a regional center like Grand Falls, Gander, uh, Cornerbrook, and we're looking at um, areas that you need to take a plane, a ferry, um, you know, quite quite remote areas. And that's what we're kind of talking about when we're talking about rural and remote nursing. And because we're looking at these very remote areas, um, they don't have a lot of support. So it's you're you're kind of it in these communities. So you have to be a general practice, as in you kind of see everything from the spectrum of children all the way up to adults, but you also kind of have to be a specialist, right? So you're um, you're dealing with everything that's coming through the doors. And because of that, it's highly var variable, very challenging. Um, you know, sometimes some of these little communities only have one to two nurses. Uh, physicians are reached through telehealth. So um, that can be all very challenging. 
and begin because of these physicians not actually even in the hospital. Sometimes even x-ray techs aren't in the hospital. You have a really expanded scope, advanced practice for these rural and remote areas. Again, too, another thing to consider when you're thinking about rural and remote nursing is cultural competency. So in big urban areas, cultural competency can look like, um, you know, you're thinking about the values um, from different cultures of people that you encounter, but also you're looking at your own values. Um, you want to learn and able to honor different cultures, and especially, you know, some of these rural and remote areas are working um, closely with Inu, Inuit, uh, Mi'kmaq. So um, you've got to be really respectful and aware of the different cultures and what their practices and beliefs are and in, in ensuring that you're not pushing your beliefs onto them and respecting what their beliefs are and how they view the healthcare system. Um, you know, limited support and resources are always a challenge in rural and remote areas. And it's very isolating, right? Like you, you only have maybe one or two other nurses with you, maybe in a small, you know, slightly bigger area like Bayvert, you know, you've you've got an eMERGE and maybe a long-term care facility attached to it, but still not a lot of nurses. And it takes you a long time to reach any other center. So, um, you know, for example, going back to Bayvert, I think from Bayvert to Grand Falls might be the near center or Cornerbrook. I think both of those are at least two hours away from that, that center, right? So why, do I care about continuing education? Why does anybody care about continuing education? Uh, the big thing that stands out is increased job satisfaction, right? If you are going into an area that you feel comfortable, you know, if you've taken a course on um, cultural competency, you've done a specialty in rural education, you're going to be um, feel comfortable in these smaller areas. You're going to feel very proud of the work you do because you're confident. You have, you know, the evidence-based practice. You know that you're doing the best you can for your patients. So that's going to increase your job satisfaction. And in turn, that's going to, you know, keep retention. You're going to stay in your job if you're happy about it, if you've got room to grow, um, if you feel confident where you are. But it's also going to draw people to you as well. If you are an organization that values continuing education, supports people taking continuing education, they're going to want to go there. They're going to want to work in these areas, knowing that they have room to grow, that they do feel supported, right? And so professional and personal growth are a must, right? And like I mentioned, um, you're going to improve patient care because you're providing the best, um, you know, most evidence-based practice. So you're up to date, you're current with what's working, what we know that's going to work based on all of the lovely research that we do here, but also around the world. And so you're going to improve patient outcomes. And then, you know, if you're in these little communities and you're partaking in all of this continuing education and you maybe want to move somewhere else, or maybe you want to take on the challenge of doing super remote nursing somewhere up north, I mean, all of the continuing education is going to make that possible for you. So you're going to have those enhanced career opportunities. And then, of course, you know, um, nursing is a um, is a job that's always changing, always growing. And so continuing education is really important um, for the profession, for your licensure, because we want to know that you're keeping up to date and you're doing the best that you can and finding ways to uh, improve and grow. And, um, you know, even the code, uh, the code of ethics wants us to be up to date, have that evidence-based knowledge, be able to provide the best care for our patients, right? 
Um, but what are the barriers to continuing education here in Newfoundland? I mean, professional isolation, absolutely. I mean, we've got uh, 57 little clinics across Newfoundland and Labrador that have maybe one or two, maybe four nurses um, running these little emergency departments, right? So you're just working with one or two other people. It's very isolating. Um, competing demands, I mean, how are you going to able to sit down and listen to a Zoom call or um, attain an ACLS training when you're short staffed like we all are? Um, you know, it's only two of you there. So who's going to who's going to watch the patients while you're off doing that sort of thing? Right. So that competing demands of having the time to be able to do that. Um, lack of sustainable continuing educational initiatives like I find, um, you know, some things are all good in theory, but are they going to really react like work in practice specifically to these rural and remote communities? And then that lack of, you know, organizational support. I find um, in my experience, there's a lot more um, initiatives and it, opportunities in the larger urban centers, but very little in those small rural areas. You know, we can easily obtain a lot more continuing education in St. John's than they can on the Bjorn Peninsula, right? So those that lack of organizational support. So what are we doing in Newfoundland right now? So we have the Learn platform, which um, kind of delivers more of the organizational um, required continuing education. So WMIS, uh, BCLS, you know, I think there's one on like, we did most recently on like being aware of hackers and phishing emails, these sorts of things that they want to reach a broad range of the organization to obtain, but very little specific education. You know, what does the rural nurse in Buren want to learn about? And maybe it's that she wants to have, uh, wants to learn more about chest tube insertion because she probably does one once a year, twice a year, but she's still going to have to know when that time comes how to be able to put it in. So I would like to see Learn be used more for videos that are more specific to actual um, hands-on things that the nurses need to learn, right? Now, we do do a hybrid approach um, for some of our programs, but again, you still need to have that urban access. So like ACLS, PALS, TNCC, they're available hybrid. So that what that means is there's an online portion to it. So whether that's um, you are given a website, you go on, you read the material, you do a quiz, or maybe that's you log into a video that's been pre-recorded or a class that's um, in practice, but also pre-recorded. And then you do a portion of that, you take it home, and then you still have to then find a more uh, urban setting to do the practical skills portion of that. So do you have to travel in from um, Bayvert into Grand Falls to practice the ACLS, right? So there's that um, online portion, but then there's also that classroom portion, so the hybrid approach, right? So the problem with remote nurses is that then they have to try to figure out how to get to, you know, time off work, um, the associated expense of travel, 
Is someone going to cover my shift? Um, do I have to use my vacation days or is there educational leave available? All of these things kind of put a hindrance on you being able to actually do that, those ACLS, PLS courses, right? Some other things that we use, like now again, in bigger centers, we use simulation um, a lot more with the ACLS. Um, a lot of the RQI, so the CPR courses, have the, again, that online portion, but then you come and find the actual CPR mannequin. And you are then um, performing CPR and then the computer tells you if you're doing it too hard or too hard. So, so that's a very basic simulation, but we are using some of that more. Um, with the nursing students and the med students, they can use, there's a um, really nice high-tech simulation lab over in the new medicine building. And it's almost like a, they have a classroom set up or a OR room or an ER department room, and they can run simulations with you, right? But again, that that's really based in urban centers. That's really high-tech classroom is only available in St. John's, right? So, Simulations used, but again, it doesn't really get out to that rural area that I would love to see it. Now we have the distant learning. So again, learn and some WebEx classes and stuff, some things that you can use that you can listen to if on a night shift, maybe it's a little bit slow and you can listen to it and um, using WebEx, Zoom presentations if, if you're able to, right? But I, I would like to see more. One of the things that I really like that's um, the University of um uh the bc university of the northern british columbia university has this really nice program where um it has rural components built in into your um nursing professions or your nursing classes so you are required to go out into these smaller communities and do rural rotations and Rural nursing is built into the curriculum, so you're actually being taught more specific nursing skills for and um, cultural competency for these rural areas. They also do um, lots of work terms back and forth, and they have a lot of really, um, you know, a really nice setup with a lot of nurses in these rural and remote areas of northern BC, where um, an eMERGE nurse or um, a med surge nurse in smaller communities will take the nurses in from their nursing program and they shadow them, right? Another thing that they do that I really, really like is that they actually do a rural nursing, nursing specialty uh, certification. So you can actually go and do courses online in your spare time, um, but you can work yourself away at your own pace to gain that rural nursing specialty and have really specific skills that are required, again, for this rural remote nursing. Because if anybody's worked in these small areas, we know that it is very unique, right? So I really like that this, this approach. Um, you know, I was talking about the benefits of this, like, you know, for the nurses that are working in these rural areas, they don't often get the chance or the experience to practice you know, to um, have nurses shadow them. And I think that that's a, a mutual beneficial experience for the nurse that's taking on the person or the nurse, um, nursing student, but the nursing herself, right? The nurse, him or herself. Um, the interprofessional experience for new nurses, right? So they gain a new view, gain holistic perspective. Again, you're treating the whole spectrum of the life, right? You're treating 
toddlers that are coming in, but you're training, you know, 85 year olds coming in, you're seeing them right, right through um, their lifespan. And, and you're understanding what it means to be a generalist coverage, that you have to have a bit of knowledge about everything, right? And it's nice because from my personal experience, uh, I was able to work in a small hospital. And as a student, I was only one student in the entire hospital uh, when I was in Clarenville. And, you know, if something was going on in a different area, they would call me up. They're like, hey, Krista, we're, you know, we're um, delivering a baby down here. Come check it out. Right. So then I could go down and, and be with the mother and experience that position. Or, you know, maybe there's something really interesting happening in Emerge. They'll call me up. I go to Emerge and I have that experience. And the experience um, over that summer where I worked in that rural emerge was tremendous. The things that I learned over that summer, I had not learned um, up at any other point in my nursing school. So I think it's a really, really uh, big learning opportunity for students to be able to have those experiences. Um, further, the outcomes of rural pre pre preceptorship can significantly influence the willingness of students to consider rural careers. So again, uh, you know, if you're like myself and you had this amazing experience in this small hospital, well, when I graduate, I'm going to want to go back there. I'm going to want to go and work there, right? So it's it's a way to have um, recruitment ways, you know, built into the nursing program, ways to draw people to those rural and remote areas. And then the ones that are wanting to go there, they're better prepared when they go there. They go through this, this program and they'll feel more confident going to those rural areas and they'll feel more prepared. So I mentioned simulation and what we use in, in here, um, but I'd like to be able to use it more. Why I wanna see it used more is because I learned about this really interesting program um, that I'm gonna talk about here in a minute, but um, why simulation is important is that it can recreate different hospital scenarios that offer nurses exposure to various clinical emergencies that might not frequently arise. So I, I alluded to earlier, you know, the chest tube that the nurse and viewer might want to learn to put in, right? Um, or maybe someone has put in a temporary pacemaker into somebody in Clarenville or, you know, and they, they haven't done it in, in a year, right? So it gives people the ability to um, try and play around with this, this, these things in a very safe way that they won't necessarily have the ability to do, right? So you can make those clinical mistakes without repercussions. You can fool up, figure it out, and there's no repercussions to any of it, right? And the more you get to do it, the more you get to practice, right? You're mastering these complex skills, right? That, um, And then when you master a skill, you can kind of critically think about these people, these ill individuals, um, from a different perspective, when you're not worrying just about the nitpicky tools, you can see the whole picture, right? And I like the immediate feedback of simulation. You know right away whether you're doing it well or um, if you need to work on something. And again, that repetitive practice of learning and um, how that can improve your your own practice, right? So I was saying that this this program that I thought was really interesting. So when I was doing my uh, master's capstone, I was kind of researching different ways that rural and remote nurses gain continuing education around the globe. And I was reading up on the United States Now they have a ton of funding and I realized this, but this is one thing that I think where the funding would be amazing. So it's called the Coastal Carolinas Health Alliance. It's in a mobile simulation program. And you can actually see the van there in the bottom corner. So it's designed, it's a mobile program using a hub and spoke model. 
So the model range is an anchor establishment, a hub. So for example, maybe Grand Falls. And it offers an array of services to be complemented by a secondary organization, the spoke. So um, maybe the mobile is based in Grand Falls, but the spoke might be Twillingate. Um, and therefore creating a more efficient network. So you're taking that mobile, um, mobile lab out of the hospital, out of that urban center, and bringing it to these rural communities, right? And inside it has a functional hospital room, allowing people to respond to real life situations without real life consequences, right? Um, I feel like the mobile simulation lab is amazing because that cost um, that's associated with putting in um, a um, big simulation lab like it was put in here in the in the Mun um, University, you know, that, that wasn't cheap, right? That was a couple million dollars, I'm sure. So, um, but it's, again, it's stuck here, right? So there's a large population of the province that doesn't get to avail of that. But what if we put that money instead into a mobile one that travels, right, across the province, different areas, and be able to provide a lot of different training for nurses, for physicians, for x-ray techs, you know, for, for lab techs, for all these things, right? And, you know, one of the benefits is, is that it would be nurse-led mobile and it would be a shared regional asset. So just instead of one person or one, um, well, now we're all one now, the NL Health Association, but um, everyone would avail of this. It would come out of a bigger pocket. So the, the cost of this mobile simulation lab wouldn't specifically be Grand Falls or Corner Brook or Lab City, right? We, we would have one that would be able to travel, right? So we all share the responsibility of it and you can see it down there like it, it's really neat I, I had a video but it wouldn't work when I tried to put it into the slideshow just kind of shows you inside um, the van <clears throat> so why you know when I was looking at all the different areas um, some of the things that I found were you know in the states they have a lot of funding but it's all private right but Another place that I looked a lot in was Australia. And Australia has a federally funded task force solely focused on improving rural and remote healthcare. And they have a specific agenda to helping um, increase health equity in um, indigenous First Nation communities, right? And I really feel like this is something that Canada should do, um, but Newfoundland definitely should do, right? Now we have you know, some not-for-profit organizations that are working on trying to build uh, rural and remote nursing, rural and remote education. Um, the one here that I've got listed is the Canadian Association for Rural and Remote Nursing. And you can go on their webpage and they have some really good um, links to other organizations, but them themselves aren't spearheading rural and remote specialties or rural and remote education. So I think what we need to do is build on the existing platforms that we have here in Newfoundland, but then build on that, right? We need more. Um, I think the first step in this would be a needs assessment. And originally when I went to do my master's, that was what I thought I was going to do. But um, I feel like we're not even there yet. We still have so far to go. So I think if we could have a full-on needs assessment of Newfoundland and Labrador, um, I think that would be the first step in addressing um, current state of continuing education. And I think we just really need to put in some more policies and planning development to help ensure that continuing education is more at the forefront. It's more of a focus. It's um, 
you know, uh, not always on the back burner. Oh, maybe when we have less, you know, more staff or maybe if we get some funding next year, we can do that. I think this needs to be something that's in, that's at the forefront. This is important. And I would like to see that um, more communities, more hospitals, and certainly now that we're all amalgamated, um, that this be a focus for the learning and development team and for the organization to put continuing education first. This has been a presentation of the College of Registered Nurses of Newfoundland and Labrador.